You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, it's Motley Fool Money co-host Dylan Lewis here. If you're listening to us, it's because you love following the stock market and learning about business stories. If you're looking to keep learning and unlocking your potential, then you should check out the Think Fast, Talk Smart podcast produced by our friends over at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Think Fast, Talk Smart is the Webby Award-winning best business podcast that's received nearly 43 million downloads and is the number one career podcast in 95-plus countries, so you know it's worth your time. Each week, host and Stanford lecturer Matt Abraham sits down with experts to discuss the best tips to hone and develop your communication skills, from making small talk that leaves a big impression, to keeping your nerves in check while speaking, to being more persuasive. Whether you're working on your elevator pitch or planning an important meeting, Strong communication skills are important in business and life in general. That's why you'll hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety, as well as speechwriter, best-selling author, and friend of the fool Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. All that and so much more available on the Think Fast Talk Smart podcast. So what are you waiting for? Listen every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. everyone, I'm Jean Chatsky. Thanks so much for joining me today on Her Money. Last year, a million Americans, a million Americans got a letter in the mail. It told them that the Social Security Administration had miscalculated their benefits. They had been overpaid, not underpaid, overpaid. And now the government wanted that money back. And they wanted it back within 30 days. How much money are we talking about? Well, in one couple's case, it was almost $70,000. In another, it was $52,000. And the thing is, it can take years. Sometimes it takes decades for the government to realize that it's making a mistake. And it doesn't even matter if it is not the receiver's fault. They still have to pay up and they have to pay up fast. And the worst part of this is that if you refuse, if you tell Social Security, hey, Uncle Sam, I just don't have the money, Social Security will stop paying you the benefit check that you earned until you do. Now, you got to remember, we are living in a world where many people, half of all people, by some calculations, say that they don't have four to $500 set aside for an emergency. And what that means is that far fewer have $50,000 lying around, especially when we're retired and every dollar counts. So how do you deal if you happen to be one of the people to receive these letters? How do you prepare ahead of time so that you don't? And is there a way to fight the system? Larry Kotlikoff and Terry Savage are here today. They are here to discuss the number one bombshell expose that they just wrote. It's called Social Security Horror Stories. Protect yourself from the system and avoid 
clawbacks. It was just featured on 60 Minutes. Larry's a professor of economics at Boston University and a New York Times bestselling co-author of Get What's Yours, The Secret to Maxing Out Your Social Security. And Terry Savage is the bestselling author of The Savage Truth on Money. She's also a nationally syndicated personal finance columnist for the Chicago Tribune content agency, Both of you, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us, Jean. Thanks, Jean. So let's start with a little background because this is complicated. Social security is complicated to begin with. This aspect of social security is really complicated. The Social Security Act was enacted in 1935, and you start your book with the line, social security was created out of a dream to make all Americans' lives far more secure. Terry, can you start by just giving me a little bit of an overview of where we were as a country in 1935, when this was signed into law? Well, you have to go back a long way to your grandparents' time. And, uh, you know, we'd come through the Depression, and this was a program designed to help Americans who, remember, back then, lived only two or three or four years in retirement. They would retire at 65 and live to be 68 or 69. That was the life expectancy. And over the years, the program was expanded to include disability benefits and supplemental security income. And we don't have to go into the whole, I mean, Larry's the guru and knows exactly how underfunded Social Security is. But what we uncovered, Gene, is a horrible travesty of the idea that Social Security is there to wrap its arms around you and protect you. We found out because one woman, a widow I called Ruth because I was hiding her name, I figured she was the only one, got a clawback letter for $88,000 She wrote, I'm a widow. I've had a triple bypass. They've asked me for this. They have stopped my social security check. I don't want to lose my house. And I, being Terry Savage, figured, oh, I'll just call them up. That's my terrible mistake. Hang on, Ruth. And I called the Midwest. I'm in Chicago. They called the National. They avoided me. They said, well, read the trustees report. Well, good thing I can read a financial statement. It showed $21.6 billion listed there as a receivable due to overpayments. How does this happen? Larry, the idea that Social Security, which we know is having financial troubles of its own, that that by the year 2034, one of the Social Security trust funds is going to start to run out of money if the government doesn't step up and take action. How does the Social Security Administration overpay a million people? Well, okay, I'll give you an example. One of the people that we interacted with, uh, 65, when he was a kid, 19, like 45 years ago, his mom was receiving benefits for him until he graduated high school. So Social Security discovers 45 years later that he graduated high school a month later than they thought. So 45 years later, they claw him back for $175. So the example, I mean, partly I'm trying to point out that they can claw you back for decades of overpayments, and the overpayments could continue. I mean, in his case, it was a one-time overpayment. But how do they make these mistakes, or how do they, we're we're not sure how they discovered this, but the fact is that they're providing 12, 13 different benefits, and there are very strict rules about each one, and they get these calculations wrong. 
And indeed, the clawbacks themselves may be wrong. I've seen cases where they're clawing back $40,000 from a teacher from Canada based on something called the government pension offset and stopping her check. And it's been three years that she's contesting it. And the clawback itself is a mistake. So they're, they're claiming the mis- there's a mistake about the mistake that they don't realize. When they send out these clawback letters, they don't explain them. There's no due process. They don't have any evidence. But a lot of the cases, let me just be clear, a lot of the cases are people that were in worked, let's say, as a school teacher in non-covered employment where FICA was not taken out of their check. And then they're getting a pension from that job. And Social Security has these two provisions called the WEP and the GPO that are supposed to reduce their benefits, their regular Social Security benefits from working or from getting benefits from a current or ex-spouse. And they need to know the value of this pension. And they have no way, Social Security has no way to know that unless you tell it. But Social Security doesn't want to tell you that it doesn't know because if it says, Gene, I need to know X so I can cut your benefits, tell me X because I have no other way. The school system doesn't tell me. The IRS is not sending me your 1099 that you're getting from the school system. And this is true. So therefore, Gene, I need you to tell me X so I can reduce your benefit. You're not going to tell me X. So they don't exactly tell you that they really need this number. And even if you did tell them, they may not put it into their system at all. We've seen that all the time, that they're just incompetent. So meanwhile, you go in, you might have told them you're getting this pension. You told them what it's going to be. Maybe you did reveal the X. And then they say, fine, you're going to, your check's going to start in three months. It begins. For the next 15 years, you're getting this check, and you think they've calculated your benefit correctly, and they've been overpaying you because they didn't have the pension information from a, some sort, a different source, and you get a $60,000 bill in the mail. Is there something particular happening right now where this problem is rearing its heads? Is this a scenario where all of a sudden Social Security has gotten wise to the fact that it's been overpaying people and they need money, so they think we're going to go get this back? Or has this been going on for a long time and we just haven't known about it? I think what's happened is there have always been clawbacks. But the magnitude of them has increased. I do believe, but I have no way of knowing for sure, that there's been some pressure internally in Social Security, you know, to get tightened up on these things. But each one of these people thought she or he was alone. And the amazing thing was I wrote that first column because they wouldn't answer me, and that led to a bunch more. And then Larry said, write another column. Let's do the book. The main reaction of all these people first was, I thought I was alone. I was ashamed to tell anybody. They stopped my benefits. When they stop your Social Security check, most people have Medicare Part B deducted from your Social Security direct deposit. So now all these people suddenly found out, wait, how do I pay for Medicare Part B? I mean, forget Advantage or a supplement. Everybody has to pay for Part B. Right. There's a clause in the Social Security Act that says that the agency should not recover payment if doing so would be against equity and good conscience. So the first thing about this statement is that it seems incredibly vague and it seems to favor whatever the administration decides that it wants to do. But some of the people who got these benefits when they were children on disability and others who you in good conscience know cannot afford this. So how do they make the decision of who gets a letter and who doesn't? 
they've turned this decision over to 10,000 claims representatives each. So if you go to Joe and Joe happens to be having a bad day and you say, look, Joe, you're clawing me back for this money. It's completely crazy. It's 12 years ago. You've been paying me the wrong amount. I, I went in there. I honestly told you my ex, my number or whatever about my, uh, you know, I could be disabled and have received uh, some royalty income. And you told me it was okay to keep getting the benefit. And then you've decided it wasn't okay. And I've seen a $304,000 clawback on that basis. So there's all kinds of things going on. You go to Joe, he's had a bad day. No, you're denied. We're going to cut your benefit next week or three weeks from now or 30 days. If you go to Sally, she might, out of the 10,000, she might be the one who actually has a heart. But the whole system from the people that have been in the system and then work to help people out outside the system, we've been told that the whole culture has changed in the last 10, 20 years towards just deny, 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 when before it was, let's do everything we can to bend over backwards to get people money. The $21 billion they're trying to claw back, some of it mistakenly, is a, a drop in the bucket. So $21 billion versus $66 trillion, you can see this is, this is pennies, peanuts. To, but we're terrorizing millions of people and, and also their relatives because if I claw, you know, if your parents got clawed back and had a huge bill coming to them, you, if you're taking care of them, are going to be, it's really clawing you back, right? Because you're going to have to kick in and help them. Now, it's an internal terrorist organization at this point. But if you don't believe me, if you think that I was just, Larry and I are, are oh my goodness, you're blowing this up. We created a website now, socialsecurityhorrorstories.com. You can read these horror stories. As I, I have to read them all and give some kind of response and say, thank you, we're trying, and we post them in categories. And if you spend 15 minutes, much less days as I have, allowing those stories to go up on our website, you will be shocked beyond belief at what the government can do, not to criminals, not to terrorists attacking our country, but to your grandmother. To people, to teachers and firefighters. Yeah, we are going to take a very quick break. But when we come back, I want to try to get tactical. I, of course, want to hear about what you are doing to try to change the system and make things better for all of these people. But I also want to know what can we do as individuals who may or may not ever look at our social security statements, who may or may not have set up accounts at socialsecurity.gov. What can we do so that this doesn't happen to us in the future? So as I said, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Jean. If you want to continue unlocking your potential, then you should also check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by our friends at Stanford Graduate School of Business. Think Fast, Talk Smart is the Webby Award-winning Best Business Podcast that received nearly 50 million downloads. It's the number one career podcast in 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Each week, host and Stanford lecturer Matt Abraham sits down with experts to discuss the best tips to hone and develop your communication skills from making small talk that leaves a big impression to keeping your nerves in check while speaking to being more persuasive. Whether you're working on your elevator pitch or planning an important meeting, strong communication skills are critical to business. 
All that and so much more is available on Think Fast, Talk Smart. Listen every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. We are back with Larry Kotlikoff and Terry Savage, author of the new book, Social Security Horror Stories. So, Terry, let's get tactical. What are you telling people? I mean, you've been in the advice writing column business forever, right? As long as I have. What are you telling people about what they should do so that they don't become a social security horror story statistic? People mostly feel hopeless. After all, what do you do? You work all your life. Money's taken out of your check. Your employer, quote, contributes, doubles your contribution, money you could have been earning. And Social Security's job is just to keep track of it, calculate your benefit, give you a cost of living increase, and send you a check. So it's an impenetrable mass to most people. Now, this is going to sound a little bit self-serving, but I'm going to say it. You don't, first of all, Social Security is an internal mess. Its systems are a mess. They say this is a relatively few problems, but it's a lot of problems. It's a million people a year. Every year they're clawing back. Larry and I, when we first met, was because I fell in love, literally, with his uh, software. It's called MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com, and it costs $39. It's not a commercial for Larry because he has never taken a penny out of the company. This is like a public works. Actually, I'd like to give it to Social Security because they'd get it right. Because when you go there, it's for if you haven't claimed yet and you have questions not only about what should my benefit be, but what would it benefit me to wait till I'm 70, an extra 8% a year? What if I take my benefit now and my spouse's benefit? There are all kinds of complications. So MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com runs those calculations. It will also help you if you're already receiving Social Security. If you put in, well, yeah, I do get a teacher's pension of $685, but Larry's software can tell you, oh, wait a minute, you're in line for a clawback because they clearly haven't on this legal offset, which is an argument whether it should be or shouldn't be. But the fact is, Social Security doesn't know. So the first strategic thing we say is don't ask Social Security what your benefit should be. Calculate it first so you know you're getting the right thing and you don't face this later. If you find out because you've run the software, and I've been saying this for years, right, that the Social Security claiming decision is, for many people, the most important financial decision you will make in your whole life. You get one chance to get it right. You don't want to get it wrong. And so my husband and I, we go to a financial advisor where they have software and they've run these calculations for us. But if you don't, you should absolutely be running a program like Larry's at MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. It is $39, incredibly well spent. But what if I find using a program like this that I am in line for a clawback? You say don't tell Social Security. Do I then just start a slush fund so that if they catch up with me, I have money? Well, I think, you know, it depends on how you feel about it, but you certainly don't want to be spending money that they can come back after you for. So putting it away, I mean, and just, you know, in like an inflation index bond that's getting a for sure real return, that's one thing you could do. Uh, you may find that they're underpaying you. In our book, I discuss a friend of mine. She's 94. She's a w working psychologist. And she had a three husbands. She's outlived three husbands. The first one was a very high earner. 
And she never realized that she could collect a divorced uh, widow's benefit. And so she's probably lost a million dollars in benefits because she didn't know. Nobody told her. Nobody from Social Security, you know, this is an institution that has no customer service. They should be saying, oh, your husband just died. We just learned this. We stopped his check. And by the way, you can go apply for a widow's benefit or divorce widow's benefit. And part of this is privacy. They don't have their record set up so that they know where you are, that you're who you're married to. That's why our software is so much better than theirs really to use because you can put in information about yourself and your spouse, your ex-spouse, and get all this stuff straight and, and figure out whether you're getting underpaid or overpaid, right? At this minute, if you're already collecting and if you are not collecting, you can see what you should be getting. But yes, I, I would agree. The best way to get a correct answer from Social Security on any issue is not to ask them a question, not to give them ask them a single question because they're, they're going to give you the wrong answer or misleading answer or an incomplete answer at least half the time. And I, I've engaged with these claims reps where they're absolutely sure they've got it right. And I say, well, let me just uh, write down your name and your, your office because I'm going to write about this in Forbes in the next 10 minutes after they've been screaming at me for a half an hour, they got it right. And then they hang up because they're angry. And then they call me back and say, well, I'm sorry, I talked to my supervisor. You were right all along. Back to the $50,000 example, you get a clawback that you owe them $50,000 or whatever the number happens to be. You don't have that lying around. Maybe you don't even have a few thousand. Does it help at all to get a lawyer? No lawyer will work with you because you're already in dire straits and there's no recovery to be made. There's only relief. So you can't get a lawyer to help you, number one. Number two, there is a process. You ask for a waiver. They say, nope, no waiver. You have 30 days or we're going to immediately stop paying your check. Some people successfully negotiate maybe $100 a month cutback on their check, but then that deal is lost. And six months later, they get a letter asking for the same amount of money back because they don't keep good records. And ultimately, if you wait years without your benefits, of course, and do hire a lawyer, there is a hearing. Even if you don't get a lawyer, you can appeal the waiver decision and you can get to the administrative judge. And these, these people are being paid by Social Security. So they're not like an independent person. And uh, when you talk to them... <laughs> This person got clawed back, a disabled lady got clawed back for $304,000 because she kept telling them, I'm getting royalties from a children's book I wrote and it happened to do well, so I'm getting royalties. I shouldn't be getting disability. And they said, no, it's royalty income, keep getting it. And so they overpaid her th for years, $304,000. And she thought it was her money. And now she's back just living on the check and she gets a $304,000 bill. And so she appeals it. She asks for a waiver. They deny it. She appeals that. She ends up with an administrative law judge who says, well, there's two things that have to be true here for me to waive this. First, you have to have made the mistake. We did make the mistake. You have to be poor. I've looked at all your financial records that you sent me. It's pages worth. And I noticed that you have a lot of st stations on your cable plan. Consequently, I don't think you're poor. Oh, my God. Nobody who's poor could have th this number of stations. And I've denied you. And this is honestly, I read it with my own eyes. And the guy's going through all her information about how much she's spending on this versus that because they're asking for complete full disclosure. It's awful. 
I mean, there's just one after another. So Terry, you're working toward a solution. What are you doing? What do you expect the outcome to be? How can we help? Okay, this is really important. We, as a result of the 60 Minutes piece, we did have an outreach from the House Ways and Means Subcommittee on Social Security. And we, they're about to hold hearings on a new, brand new incoming Social Security commissioner. There's only an acting commissioner now. We want three things from them, and they, we think that they have the power to do this. Number one, immediately stop the clawbacks. Number two, immediately restore the benefits to what they were before the clawback. That'll hurt some people that already paid off, but at least we can keep people from hurting going forward. Number three, have an 18-month statute of limitations. So that if Social Security finds a mistake in the first 18 months, okay, but after that, it's on them. At least let's raise this issue. Social Security is the third rail of politics. You saw that last year. No matter what side you're on, the president said, well, we're surely not going to touch Social Security, right? Right. Okay. And everybody doesn't want to talk about it because they know about the big oncoming problem. One of the things that we know about the audience for this show is that it is, it's pretty widespread. We know we've got women listening who are baby boomers, but we also have a lot of Gen Xers. We've got millennials. We've got Gen Z. For the younger people in our audience who are all thinking, yeah, this is just not going to be there for me. I'm working, I'm paying in, but I have very little confidence that Social Security is going to be there for me. What do you say to them? We start by saying thank you for paying in from every paycheck. And I'll just give you one piece of advice and Larry will get specific. Absolutely. You need to be saving as much as you can in your 401k and getting the company match. You need to start an IRA on the side if you qualify based on income. You absolutely must, must, must be saving. I think if you're a younger person in your 30s, you got to watch out your, for your parents and grandparents, double check their benefits. And then the book is only half about clawbacks. The other half is about scams. And the first chapter is about the widow's benefit scam. So maybe you've got a grandmother or a mom who's a widow. You want to make sure that she doesn't get scammed when she goes and collects her widow's benefit and gets forced to take a check a box. And that costs her just checking the box on a form or having some clerk check it for you without knowing could cost you $250,000 in present value. You and I have talked before, Larry, about how Social Security is sexist. We are a money show for women. What do women need to know about getting what we're owed from Social Security? If you're taking benefits early, don't take your widow's benefit and your retirement benefit at the same time. Take one of the two, and that will protect you from that issue. Because if you take both at once, you're going to lose money. Don't get divorced before 10 years, because if you do, you won't be able to claim on your ex's work record. And if you've taken care of the kids in order to help the ex follow the, his career, you got to make sure you have a claim to those benefits that uh, you would otherwise be eligible before. Realize that if you get remarried before age 60, you will lose claim to your deceased exes when your ex dies or if he's already dead to divorce widow's benefits. So there are all these catch-22s which were set up to basically punish women who got divorced from men who left them before 10 years. Let's punish them. If they get remarried before age 60, let's punish them. So there's all kinds of 
features like this. And it's not because the law is actually talking about women separately from men. It's because women are lower earners on average. And that's why effectively it's sexist. Most young women don't think about the value of their old social security and the benefits they could get on a spouse or an ex-spouse. That's a very strange thing. We worry about people's social security running out. But if you think about it, a man who marries several times and it lasts for 10 years each time could not only be having a several ex-wives and his current spouse, and it could go the other way, by the way, a wealthy woman who has three spouses, there could be three people collecting. And if that older let's call it a man, starts taking Social Security, maybe waits to 67 or 70 even. But he, in his new marriage, has younger children. You see it all over Hollywood. His current wife can collect benefits for those young children while they're minors or in high school because he's already collecting. Most women don't have any idea of what they're giving up when they get divorced. If they don't wait for the full 10 years, you can't wait to get out of there. It's nine years. Wait the extra year. Seriously, these are things that women particularly need to know. Larry also explained, and I think you do a great job of it, what happens if you're out of the workforce for a while because you stay home and raise the children, and then you go back in the workforce, explain how this impacts your benefits, and maybe you shouldn't even go back. It could be that if you contribute, you're going to get benefits on your own record, but it could also be that your benefits are going to be your own retirement benefit will be so low that you'll be collecting on your former spouse or your current spouse if you're married, and therefore that you're paying you and your employer together, really you're paying 12.4% of your, of your pay to the system, and they're telling you on their website that you're going to get back benefits for it, and in fact you're going to get nothing back for it. And somebody else who doesn't work is getting more benefits, having never contributed a penny. This thing is incredibly unfair. It's 88 years old. It needs to be reformed from the ground up, the system. But we're stuck with what we've got. So we have to be basically protecting ourselves. We have to go to school on Social Security for ourselves, for our kids, for our parents, for our brothers and sisters, and not expect the system to help us. And look out for yourself. Absolutely. Larry Kotlikoff, Terry Savage. The book is Social Security Horror Stories. The website is socialsecurityhorrorstories.com. Thank you for a frightening show. <laughs> Thank you for letting us share it with you. Protection and knowing in advance. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining me today on Her Money. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We love hearing what you think. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Edelman Financial Engines. Her Money is produced by Haley Pascalides. This show is mixed and mastered by CDM Sound Studios. Our music is provided by Video Helper, and our show comes to you through Megaphone. Check out our new podcast, How She Does It with Karen Feinerman, for intimate cocktail party style conversations with today's most talented female leaders. This podcast is also part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. You can find us and other shows like us at airwavemedia.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk soon.